Hey, and thanks for taking the time to listen with us here at Gospel Way as we seek to find rest in Christ. Please know that this is supplemental and does not replace your local church or the pastor that God has given to shepherd your soul. But it is our prayer that God will use these resources to bless you and point you to Jesus. Well, let me call our attention again one more time to the book of Jude. Strangely enough, we ended the series this morning in the book of Judges. And this will be the last message this evening on the postcards of the New Testament. We're going to finish up the book of Jude this evening. It it is strange yet not strange because all of the Word of God is one story told over and over again. Uh, It's one God talking about one people that He is redeeming. And interestingly enough, what we're going to look at this evening... uh, kind of builds on what we looked at this morning and we're i'm i'm excited of what god has here in these verses of scripture for our edification and for our help we're going to look in verse number 17 we'll read down through the remaining portion of the book of jude and we'll get into the message Verse number 17, the Bible said, But, beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lusts. These be they who separate themselves, sensual, having not the Spirit. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Keep yourselves in the love of God looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And of some have compassion, making a difference. And others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and ever. Amen. Let's pray. Father, again, we thank you for the Word of God. We thank you for the truths that we find in your Word. We thank you for the encouragement that we find in your Word. We thank you for the rebuke that we find in your Word. We thank you for 
Lord, the edification. We thank you, Lord, that we have a faith that has been given to us. And Lord, you are instructing us even in this passage of Scripture that we build build up that most holy faith that has been passed down to us. Lord, we pray that you would help us, that we would be able to do that in our lives. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The book of Jude, we just got through last week looking at those strangers that would come in, those those people that would come in sometimes even unawares, that would come in trying to destroy the church. There was a woe that was pronounced to them in verse number 11. It said, Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain and ran greedily after the heir of Balaam for reward and perished in the gainsaying of Kor. There's a mouthful, and we looked at that last week, there's a mouthful of woe that is passed there in verse number 11. We saw how that they do come in. They are a reality. It's not something that, uh, it's not something that hasn't happened until now. It's something that began happening in the very beginning. I mean, even the reference goes all the way back to Cain. You can't go much further back than that. Uh, you could go back to Adam, but that's about the only other uh, other step you could take. But So these things have been, and they always will be, until the end of time. The interesting thing is that God created time for us and there will be an end of time. There was a beginning of time and there'll be an end of time. The interesting thing is there was not a beginning of eternity and there won't be an end of eternity. And what have you and I been given as the children of God? We've been given eternal life. We've been given that life that didn't have a beginning why? Because we're in Christ. We're in that life. And there won't be an end to that. So he's encouraging them. He's just warned them as this group that he is writing to. He's just warned them of those that would come in and try to destroy what they had learned and what they knew. Now he's telling them in verse number 17, he picks up here, And he says, but, there's a conjunction, there's a shift. He's warned them against those that would pull them aside. Now he says, but, and the first thing he says after that, he says, but, and he refers to whom he's talking to. He said, but, beloved, the very first word he tells them is, Remember. He said, remember. And he tells them what to remember. He tells them here, he said, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. What words is he telling them to remember? He's telling them 
to remember the words that were told them about what? He tells them in verse number 18, how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time. These writers of the New Testament felt like even in their day, it was the last time. Why did they feel that way? They felt that way because they had been looking for that day of atonement. That day of atonement had come in the Lord Jesus Christ. And anything from the cross until the end, the actual end of time, is the last day. It's all the last day. It's the last of time since the atonement of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we come to this point, he said, how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own. And he, he pulls that word out again that he mentioned back in a few verses before that that we looked at last week. He pulls out that word and he said, walks after their own ungodly lust. Remember how he referred to them last week? He referred to them about four different times, their ungod- which they had ungodly committed and, and ungodly deeds. And he, he mentions that about four different times. But he says here again, he's saying there are mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lust. He tells them here in verse number 19, he said, These be they who separate themselves, sensual, having not the Spirit. These are unsaved people. These are unregenerated people. These are people that have come in for a purpose, and that purpose is, in fact, he told us back when we were began looking at this, he said they were before ordained to this. They were that their purpose was they were going to do this. There are going to be some people who are not going to get saved. They have no intention to get saved. And they're being used. They're being used to try, try to draw aside and try to make a mockery and try to try to cause problems with the doctrines of the church. Now we come to this point, and he changes here in verse number 20. This is where he told us in verse number 17, he said, But, beloved, remember, I told you these are the kind of people that are coming in. And remember the fact that this is not only what I've told you, but this is also what the apostles have told you that would happen. This is going to take place. So don't be surprised by it happening. Don't, be, don't, don't let it catch you off guard that it's taking place. Why? Because you've been warned. You've been told it's going to happen. It shouldn't take us by surprise. It shouldn't take us by surprise to look around us and see people sinning. That really shouldn't surprise us. Because it's there. It's evident. We, we say that it is more prevalent and maybe in some cases, maybe it is a little more prevalent today. Maybe it is bringing, being brought to the forefront. It, maybe it is more out in the open, but it always has been. Yeah. 
It always has been. All the everything that we see out among us today always has been. It's just that they're a little more brazen today. Uh, people are a little more accepting today, but it always has been. But he tells us, he gives us instruction, and this is what I want us to get to. He gives us instruction in verse number 20. He said, but ye, beloved, build up yourselves on your most holy faith. That faith is not, it was faith that has been given to us. It is our faith, but it is not faith that we produced. It was faith that was given to us. It was faith that was passed down to us. The Bible said, so then faith cometh by hearing, and what? Hearing by the Word of God. So we know that that faith was passed down to us from the Word of God. And he's telling us to build up our most holy faith. We need to consider the fact that we need to look at and we need to remember. And by our remembering, by our being reminded, that is our building up our most holy faith. It's not that... This individual has a greater ability. We've been all given the ability to build upon that most holy faith that has been given to, unto us. What is that ability? We were told this morning. We have that divine covenant. We have that divine communion. We have God that is walking with us. We just need to be reminded over and over again that it is there. We need to remember, he said, to build up yourselves on your most holy faith. If we're going to be built up on anything, what, would she, what should we be built up on? We're, we're to be built up on our most holy faith. We're not to be built up on the fact that I have arrived. We're not built up on the fact that, you know, I've conquered that sin. Because the moment you think you've conquered it and you walk in yourself, that sin is going to conquer you. You're building up your most holy faith and you're building that up by remembering. And he's, he instructs us here, he says, by what? By praying in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> that is not some mystical thing. That is not something that, and again, that's not something that some have and some don't have. All of these things that we're being instructed in this passage of Scripture are things that are accessible to everyone. It's not a select few that have this. It is accessible to everyone that we build up our most holy faith. How is that most holy faith built up? It's built up upon the Word of God. How is it also built up? It's built up on praying in the Holy Ghost. How are we praying in the Holy Ghost? Because we find out what the Word of God says, and we pray according to the Word of God, and if we do that, we're praying in the Holy Ghost. It's not something mystical. He's saying build up. 
That build up literally means building up. To build up. Then he gives us some more instruction as we go down through verse number 21. He said, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. That word keep that you find here, that word keep means to attend to carefully. It means to take care of. It means to regard. It means to remind in the state of. And it means to observe, to pay attention to. That word keep could also, and in fact I drew a line over in, in my Bible, I drew a line from the word keep over to right before the word look. He's basically saying, keep yourselves in the love of God. And keep looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. Keep doing these things. Keep being reminded. Still doing it. Attending carefully to. Paying attention to. Observing the love of God and observing the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said unto eternal life. What is that eternal life? What were we instructed in the book of John chapter number 17? And I know I, I forever, I feel like I'm forever going back to that verse, but it's, it's there. It's in the prayer of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if anybody ever prayed in the Holy Ghost, the Lord Jesus Christ prayed in the Holy Ghost and he prayed according to Scripture. And Jesus Christ prayed to the Father. He said, I give unto them eternal life. But he didn't stop there. He said, and that life is knowing God and knowing the Lord Jesus Christ. How are we to keep this? How are we to walk in that faith? How are we to build up? We are to build up. We're to keep it. We're to enjoy it by continually being reminded of the love of God and the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, ain't that a shock in the pants as to what we hear most of most of the time we're being told that we're to keep the faith. And how do you keep the faith? By doing better, doing better, doing better, doing better. How do I keep the faith? I don't keep the faith by doing better. I keep the faith by being reminded of the love of God and the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's instructing us. He said, keep yourselves in the love of God. Keep looking for the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ. Keep yourself in the love of God. Keep reminding yourself of the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ. Keep yourself in the love of God. Keep reminding yourself of the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ. Keep doing that over and over and over and over again. How are we going to ward off those false teachers that we learned about last week? We're going to do that by reminding ourselves and keeping ourselves in the love of God. 
it's not that we're keeping ourselves in the love of God. We're in the love of God. He's telling us to keep reminding ourselves to keep to keep centering ourselves on the fact that we are in the love of God. He says here that that is unto eternal life. Then he tells us here in verse number 22, he said, and of some have compassion, making a difference. Do you know what he's talking about? I've, I've heard this preached so many different ways, but what he, is, what he is actually talking about in this verse, he's just told me and you to do what? He's told us to remember that false teachers are coming. He's told us to be reminded that there are people that are going to come in that are going to try to draw you aside. And in light of that, he's telling us to remind ourselves of the love of God and the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he turns right around after he's told me to keep myself in the love of God and to keep reminding myself of the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. He said, and of some have compassion. Who's he talking about? He's talking about those who are doubting the love of God. Those who are doubting the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ. Of those, you are to have compassion. Of those, I am to have compassion. I am not to browbeat someone because they're down. I'm to lift them up. What did the Word of God tell us? The Word of God instructed us, if you have a brother that has been taken in a fault, ye that are strong, restore such a one in the faith. That's what he's telling us. He's telling us of these, have compassion. Have compassion on those that are doubting. Don't browbeat them and say, you can do better. You can stop that. You can quit that. I've got confidence that you can do it. You can't do it. I can't do it. You can't do it. But God can. And we're to remind ourselves that we're in the love of God and we're under the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, of some having compassion. Those that are doubting, have compassion on them. Spend time with them. And if you do so, and you speak the gospel to them, it will make a difference. It may not change overnight, but you keep doing it. Are there times that you doubt? If you say, I've never doubted, I doubt you. We all doubt. We all question. We all think. <laughs> there are times when we all stop and think, is this thing real? How do we find out? We look back at the love of God. We look back at the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ. We look back at that eternal life. And very quickly we understand that this thing is real. And of those that are doubting, we are to have compassion. And if we do have compassion, we will make a difference. Look at what he tells us in verse number 23. He said, uh, and others save with fear, 
pulling them out of the fire. <laughs> How would you like to be, and, and I, I mean, I just thought about this illustration. How would you like to be in a burning building and have a firefighter come by in his firefighting apparatus he has all the uniform on. He has stuff where he's not going to get burned. He has oxygen that he can breathe instead of smoke. And he stops by and says, you can do it. Just keep it up. What do they do? They snatch them out and they drag them out into fresh air. That's what he's saying. Those that, those that you, you can have compassion on some, you can show them compassion. You can remind them of the love of God. You can remind them of the mercies of God and it will make a difference with them. Others, you've got to snatch them out of the fire. You say, but they'll run right back. Snatch them again. If you were in a fire, would you want somebody to snatch you out? I would. Snatch them out and others with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment that is that is spotted by the flesh. We're pulling them out of the fire. We're hating even that garment that is spotted by the flesh. We all know people that are stained by sin. We all know times that we've been stained by sin ourselves. But we know others that have a great struggle with that sin. What are we supposed to do? Say, wash my hands of it. I ain't going to have nothing to do with it no more. Put on your firefighting gear and get in there and get them out. <laughs> I mean, I, listen, I know that, that you can't pull them all out. But what he's trying to say is those that are saved by the grace of God, those that know the Lord Jesus Christ, keep reminding them. Keep telling them. Keep pulling them out. Keep trying. Why? He said because they can be pulled out of that fire. He says now in verse number 24, he said, Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of what? His glory with exceeding joy. He goes on, there's a comma. Verse number 24 and 25 go together. You don't stop at one and and, and not have the other. But I do want to make a statement here. What is, what is this that is going to help pull that one out of the fire? What is this that is going to, is going to help that one that is doubting? What is this that's going to help you, that's going to help me when we have those times when we doubt that we, we doubt if God's even hearing what we're saying. We've all had those times. He said, he said, now, lest you think what I've just got through telling you is you doing it. 
He said, I want I want us to key in on really who's doing the work. Really, who's doing the job. He said, now unto him that is able to keep you from falling. He that is able to keep you from falling. And not only that he is able to keep you from falling, you can take that same word keep and you can put it in front of the next phrase. He's able to keep you from falling and he is able to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. And he said, he basically said, it's all to the glory of God is what he's saying in verse number 25. He said, to the only wise God and Savior be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and ever. There, there is nothing. You, you and I can, you and I by, by allowing God to work in us by allowing God to work through us by allowing God to build up our most holy faith by allowing that to work in our lives by allowing the love of God to be seen by allowing the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ to be seen unto eternal life by that having compassion on others making a difference in their life by others snatching them out of the fire now to him that is able to keep you from falling and present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God and Savior be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and forever. It's God that's doing the job. Isn't that what we learned this morning? Isn't that what we were instructed from the Word of God this morning? That He is a Father that cares. That He is a Father that guards. That He is a Father that guides. That He is a Father that is looking after us. We, we've been reminded over and over and we'll be reminded over and over again if we continue to look at things correctly that it is the Father that makes the difference. He told us that in the prodigal son. It was the father that came out and kissed the son on the cheek. It is the father that ran to the son. It's the father that brought him shoes. It's the father that put a ring on his hand. It's the father that hugged his neck. It's the father that kissed him. It's the father that killed the fatted calf. It's the father that produced the, 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 the party that was to celebrate his return. It's the father that gave him a place to live. It's the father that gave him shelter. It's the father that showed mercy. And we find here in this passage of Scripture, it is the father who loves and shows mercy. Amen. And as long as we remind ourselves of that, we can remind others that it's the Father. Yeah. It's not us. No. You can make a difference in other people's lives, but understand that it is God making a difference through you. It's not because you are some great orator. 
It's not because you have some great philosophy. It's not because you have some great physiology. It's not because you have some, some great anything. It is because the Father has chosen to make you His workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. What a blessing to think that God would allow us to be a conduit through which His grace can flow to others. What a privilege. What an opportunity. And what, what a great profound thing to remind ourselves of. We know that the false teachers are going to be there, but in the midst of the false teachers, look around. And you're not going to find him somewhere in the shadows. You're going to find him standing boldly upon the truths that we find in the Word of God. Yeah. Don't let somebody say, somewhere in the shadows. No. He's boldly standing there. He's boldly standing there with open arms, saying, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. I'll give you rest. Just come to me. Come to me. For my, my burden is light and my yoke is easy. I'll give you rest. Come unto me. Let's pray.